and Jimmy Himes, who's in Destin covering the SEC spring meetings. And Jimmy joins us right now for the first of a couple of visits. Jimmy, Vince here in Knoxville. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing great, Vince. How you doing? Good. So today was kind of, you've termed it, play day. Kind of describe what most, most of the things that were going on today. Well, they had a golf uh, outing. They had a tennis tournament for folks here, and, and they had some meetings earlier. The chancellors and presidents were meeting. The athletic directors are going in to meet uh, at uh, 3 o'clock Central Time. I, was, I had an interview with R.C. Slocum, the interim athletic director of Texas A&M. Uh, I had an interview just minutes ago with Laura Rutledge from ESPN. Uh, I had an interview also with Ray Tanner. He's the chairman of the Division One Baseball Committee. It was interesting. He said that he's been taking some flack from some of his uh, brethren in the SEC because the softball teams, they get 13 out of 13 in the tournament. He only gets 10 or 11 in the NCAA tournament. So they've been giving him flack about how come he doesn't do a better job as the chairman of that committee to get more teams in. But uh, he also mentioned the parity. He said, I'm, and he also said he was really impressed with Tennessee. Uh, he likes the pitching. He likes what Vitello has done. He thought that Serrano did a nice job and getting some good players in and Vitello's taking it to another level. Uh, Tanner also said he loved going to Hooper. And, and he said not to criticize any other cities that might fit on it. But he really likes the SEC baseball tournament being held in Hooper. Hey, real quick on, on Tanner, a follow up. He had was taking questions immediately during the selection show about a lot of conferences potentially meeting up, having interconference matchups in the super regionals. I think five of the eight, if it's chalk, would play out like that, including a couple from the SEC. Did he talk about that? Because at the selection show, he made it sound like, oh, we don't look ahead to that kind of stuff. And I think there's no way they don't look ahead to that kind of stuff. I didn't ask him about it. I didn't know it. So, but no, I didn't. That was not a topic that came up in, in my discussion with him. Uh, I do know this, though. I've heard this in the past, and because it keeps happening with softball, uh, when you got that many teams in it, sometimes it's hard to avoid having matchups in super regionals. And uh, of course, we got thirteen. That's uh, harder to avoid that than if you get ten. Right. But that was not something we discussed. Yeah, and and it, it wasn't just the SEC. I guess that's why it was a a, a noteworthy point. It was other conferences, Pac twelve, uh, yeah. Big Twelve. They would match up as well. Um, Greg Sankey's going to uh, announce soon on where the SEC football media days are going. Right? He's going to announce that at this year's football media days. The, the nice thing about that is that while I have been told that Nashville, in their bid recently to host it. Uh, it bid like $289 a night for a room, and the SEC wasn't going to go along with that because they knew the media couldn't afford it. Uh, I was told their bid would be less than $200 a night. So Nashville is strong in play to host in 2020. Uh, Greg Sankey has not mentioned how many teams have filed uh, for that, but I think that they actually sent out almost a dozen uh, proposal. well, I don't know, invitations to submit a proposal and I don't know how many came back. I think it's about six or seven, but Nashville is right in the thick of it. Uh, Hoover, obviously, they're going to bid for it again. Atlanta is probably going to be in there as well. But he said at the uh, football media days in July in Hoover, they will announce the 2020 location. We played your interview with Ed Ogeron, the one-on-one. I, I, I always think it's such a compliment that he gives you the time each year there at the spring meetings that – Probably isn't given to a lot of people, but that's the Cajun love. Probably a little something to do with that. Oh, that, right. yeah. <laughs> that and the professionalism you bring. But what, did you learn anything? Was anything surprising to you that stood out about your conversation with Ed Ogeron? Well, he talked about the the toughness of Joe Burrow, and that he did not know Burrow would be that good. But 
he said that the guy won over the team with how tough he was, and they and he won over in particular that game against Central Florida when he got cold cocked and uh, and just and, and refused to to come out of the game. He was he got the backup quarterback ready to go in, and Burrow said, "No, I'm I'm going in." And Orgeron pointed out that when you got that kind of toughness in your quarterback, that permeates throughout the whole team. And um, and he also said this too. He said he's going to a spread offense, and I thought LSU in a spread what. He said, yeah. I, I said, is that because of your personnel? Or he said, that's just kind of the way the game's going. If you want to move the football, he said, we got to score more points at LSU. Going to overrule, but, you know? Well, he was also speaking in Cajun French, so maybe I misunderstood <laughs> him. But I think that's what he said. I thought he said spread. Maybe it was something else instead. But that's what, he, that's what I think I understood from his dialect. Well, if you can't interpret it, we have no shot. <laughs> Um, Jimmy, we'll catch up with you next hour. We'll talk some more scheduling and some other things from, from your interviews. Great job, as always. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next hour. Cool. Great. And, and our uh, yeah. parents down here brought to you by Fleet Tire, by UT Athletics, and by Rick McGill, who provided the vehicle for me to make it to Sandestin. All right. Thanks, Thanks Jimmy. All right. That is Jimmy Himes from Destin. We'll talk to him next hour as well.